Now, now, Patrick, I'm going to mention one thing. Uh, the 21st Century Wire, 21stCenturyWire.com, again, an essential news source for anybody trying to figure out what the hell's going on in the world. I noticed one thing when I was over there, and I'd like you to, because we talk about this stuff, and we talk about censorship, and we talk about the econ economic models uh, of the Internet sometimes. I noticed you've got a big thing. You're promoting the Brave Browser. Now, again, I'm not anything there, can, but can you talk about why? Because you guys, first off, you guys do have some ads, but a lot of news sites, this really bugs me. I don't like news sites that are overloaded with ads. It's not that I'm opposed to people making money. I'm not. But too many ads to me have the opposite effect, which is they make me hate the site. Hate uh, this, this is maybe me. Maybe I'm the only one who feels this way. They make me hate the advertiser, and I'm just like, screw you. I'm not going to click on that. Now, can you talk just briefly about why, you're, why you get the Brave browser up there? and how people can use that to support 21st Century Wire? Sure, sure. Yeah, if you go to 21st Century Wire, there's a link to download the Brave browser. It's our own link, 21st Century Wire and Brave link. It's proprietary to, to our site. Of course, you can get it anywhere. But we decided to partner with them. And the reason was we, did, we do run ads, and we run limited ads for the reason that you just said, Lee. We don't want to junk up the page with all sorts of pop-ups and things like that. They're going to kind of get to in, just interfere too much with the user experience. And so Google AdSense, Google's abusing us for years with all sorts of uh, – uh, harassment, I would call it corporate harassment, uh, and also just giving us the short end of the stick on so many different instances. If I had to write a book on it, most boring in the world, but it would be damning. <laughs> the other ad uh, networks that we've used as well have also kind of ripped us off, I think is a good word for it, and uh, problems with payment. So we just thought uh, that and the fact that Google is tracking and harvesting data of users and spot, basically spying on people as they jump from website to website. We saw Brave, and Brave uh, was the first thing I noticed was Brave was lightning fast. And, I was, and so I spoke to you know, uh, my IT web guy, and I said, why is this browser so fast? He says, because they've stripped out all the ads, all the cookies, all the junk, all the malware that you get with a lot of other browsers' experiences. They strip it all out. They don't track you. They don't spy on you. It's an ethical company. And so by downloading Brave from 21st Century Wire, you can support us because Brave will throw us a tip of cryptocurrency uh, in our tip jar, and they have their own cryptocurrency called BAT. It's a basic attention token, a BAT currency, and they give us a few little BAT coins, and those BATs aren't worth much now, but if everybody uses Brave and people start using uh, Brave and 21st Century Wire, then it will increase the value of our crypto with Brave. And so that's a, a kind of a win-win situation for both organizations. It's an ethical company. We also promote DuckDuckGo for external uh, internal searches. We have a DuckDuckGo integrated in our website at the top for internal searches if you want to look into our 8,000-plus archive of articles and videos. So these are companies that we agree with their values. We want to promote them, and we're happy to you know be do, you know doing something with, that, with those companies rather than Google, who I think are really stepping over the line on so many different ways. Uh, they're not an ethical company. They're doing a lot of damage to the alternative media. They're gaming search results. Not only that, they're spying and tracking your every move. They are basically an intelligence and data gathering operation. And then they make you actually pay for it as well. Not an ethical company, not a good company at all. Not, you know, because I had a great time, uh, Garland, as you know, a, few, a couple months ago when I was in England, when I went up to Belmarsh Prison, 
Patrick was one of the speakers out there for Julian Assange, along with people like George Galloway. And uh, I had a great time hanging out at the Troubadour Garland uh, by Earl's Court in London with Patrick. And, and he's known, I got to say, when Patrick walked in, it was like they, they knew who he was. But as a publisher, this is one of the th reasons I enjoyed talking to Patrick so much. So I'll, t I'll tell you the other thing that really bugs me, Patrick, and, and, and tell me if I'm alone in this. I hate it when, and you guys don't do it, I hate it when news sites have the, and it especially bugs me on news sites. If you're a news site to me, it is absolutely unethical to run those ads that are designed to look like news stories. Have you seen those? They're like at the bottom of the page where they're like, and you don't know at first because they, they're formatted this, you know, they got a photo, they got a headline. It looks like a news story, but then you realize Wait, maybe they're not covering, you know, Iran, the G, the G20 summit, and did this girl really lose 20 pounds with the Miami diet, right? Maybe that's not an actual news headline. But it really bothers me because I think it's part of making uh, news consumers, if I may be so bold to use that uh, pretentious phrase, people who read news, it makes them stupider. Am, am, I, am I alone in my uh, feelings of hatred towards that? Towards those ads, or does that bug you too? It, 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 it does bug. We have run. We did run those uh, years ago in the past, and those those ad networks. Um, we had problems actually with those companies, and so we we sort of ditched them. Um, so we have a few sponsored links uh, that we're still running uh, below some of the articles, but these are mainly advertisements for you know check your credit and. Uh, there's some gaming stuff in there and dating sites and stuff like that. So we don't have any any link to any of those companies at all. They get served up randomly yeah. in a little matrix block at the bottom of the article. But I know the ones you're talking about, you can't tell if they're actually real stories or not, and that is extremely annoying. But they're also addictive because they throw the celebrity stuff out as well. So you get sucked into all that Daily Mail-style uh, celebrity gossip, and it just kind of sucks people off of your site and into the world of um, uh, chewing a uh, bubble gum for the brain, you know, sort of thing. So, well, well, and that's why I, I I wanted to mention the Brave browser, and I'm glad you brought up DuckDuckGo too, because I want people to realize that it is one thing to complain about Google, which we do on this show, but no, there is not a law yet forcing you to use it. You can, you actually have a choice. You can pick the browser you want to use. You can pick the search engine you want to use. And the other problem uh, with with Google and those sites is the uh, uh, Eli Pariser Garland, who's the guy who uh, he, he created MoveOn. Uh -huh. He wrote a book called The Filter Bubble. And he talks about this problem, which is Google and other places. Here's what it is. They know what they're trying to. They want you to click on things because they make their money when you click on things. Right. So let's say, Garland, they know that you're a Sanders supporter, and they know that, uh, that I'm a Republican. You and I could search for the same thing on Google, and we're going to get different results. For the same news item, right. wow. we're going to get different results. Now, you don't know it, and I don't know it, but they know that you're more likely to click on stuff that's on the left, let's say. Right. I'm more likely to click on stuff that's on the right. Now, in theory, me, I'm not actually right. Right, but but that those are the odds. They're, they, you know the, the yeah, right. Yeah, and so and so you you know you talk about the problem that you've had with the uh, with uh, with Google and and everybody's having it. But I do want people to realize that they actually have a. I I, I don't want them to just realize it. 
make a choice, make a different choice about the browser you use. And if enough people do this, like you say, it, it can have an effect. And let me add this, too, about the language you use. You know, I've noticed, and I've been doing this for a while because I use DuckDuckGo. The first thing I noticed is that when you start, um, when you, you know, they do predictive text. And when you start writing something, it'll predict the rest of, of, of what you may put up there. And I noticed that when I was doing it with Google, it was very neocon-esque, you know, of what it was. If you put the name that Iran, you know, it would like predictive test would be is terrible, are terrible monsters. I'm just being facetious. But you get my point. And I noticed when I'd go to DuckDuckGo that it would be more, this is what kind of what's out there, what are the numbers? My point being, I think we got to change the language. I hear people, and I don't do any people say, yeah, all you got to do is Google it. Well, Google that. Go, and I say, uh-uh, search, search, search. I don't use the word Google anymore. I don't think it's good for us to have it in our language because it, it, it creates an environment where people don't even think that there's another option, where now Google becomes the Internet, which I think is another reason why the, the, that legally they should be held as public forums. But, Patrick, what do you think? Yeah, no, the, the, big, the big operators, uh, namely, we're talking right now about Google, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, but especially Google. Google, Google on the aggregate, it, it dwarfs uh, so many different other companies because of the sort of the range of the sort of the alphabet uh, empire, basically. And uh, they, so their, their goal is to keep you on their platforms as long as possible, doing as much as possible on their platforms, through their platforms, where they profit off that at every sort of turn. Facebook is attempting to do the same thing. So it's a competition really between these two companies and maybe a few others. Uh, I think Facebook is buying up anything that looks like it's got traction, you know, WhatsApp or whatever. Uh, and then they'll introduce their, you know, currency now, uh, which they're planning to roll out, the Libra, what they call stable coin, not really a cryptocurrency. It's more like a, a digital currency, let's say. But the, sa the same idea, Google and Apple is also in that game. But Apple is uh, slightly – they're not um, trying to – you know, global domination in the way that Google is. The problem with Google is they're also very affiliated and much in bed with the defense industry. And by the way, Google is now the second or third biggest shareholder in guess which company? CrowdStrike. Of course. That's right. Now, CrowdStrike, of course, are the people, the, the only uh, people to examine the DNC servers. And it's come out recently. Now, you were, were you, th this was amazing. In this Roger Stone response from the DOJ, Roger Stone is asked to see the CrowdStrike reports, and the DOJ actually admitted that uh, they did not get a final report that all, everything they've been saying about the Trump-Russia collusion comes from a company that was employed by the DNC, and it wasn't even a final report, and it was redacted by CrowdStrike. So they're reading a report that was redacted by a company. I mean, that's bizarre, isn't it, Patrick? It's more than bizarre. Uh, it shows that the, the level of criminality that the FBI was engaged in there, that they would uh, not investigate. They would not investigate what supposedly is like the biggest hacking or breach of the American dem democratic system in the modern era. That They're not even going to go and do a forensic investigation, and they'll just pawn it off to this company who, by the way, uh, is very, very much in the uh, the Hillary Clinton camp, the anti-Putin camp, uh, and so CrowdStrike basically um, didn't provide any evidence. There is no 
these are the that's everything the, the famous indictments of the 12 GRU hackers. It's all based on uh, draft re redacted draft reports of, from CrowdStrike. So there's no evidence there. So there is no case of Russian hacking. The whole thing is, uh, I believe it's a hoax. In fact, I, I put this in print before the election in 2016, and I think we're the only media outlet that I know of, at least in the alternative sphere, to really point the finger before the 2016 election saying this Russian hacking thing is a hoax and CrowdStrike is bogus. Well, additionally, well, I got to give credit to I, I'm going to give credit to Breitbart News, too, because they also did the same thing. They had an intrepid reporter over there named Lee Stranahan who said the same thing okay. at, at Breitbart. But no, but you're right. I mean, it was that was a that was an outlier position to take. And, other, and, and I, I was reporting it before the election. Well, the, the other thing I think that's important, too, it shows that, you know, the, 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 the indictments were not indictments, that they were just a political move for this reason, because Mueller indicted people for hacking um, the election based on a redacted report with no forensic evidence, right? Which means that in the event, if this was real world, and those people were to say, okay, you know what, we're going to come over and defend ourselves. The first thing we need to see is all the evidence that you have that it was hacked. And when Mueller said, oh, I got this uh, redacted memo here from, um, from CrowdStrike that says it was hacked, a judge throws it out of court. So it's, it's obvious now that Robert Mueller never – that it was just a political document, number one. And number two, that the Mueller report is garbage because in the Mueller and – and, and let me add this – and that nobody, no legal action could be taken against Donald Trump or anyone else based on that Mueller report, because in the Mueller report, you've got the same thing. Instance after instance where Robert Mueller simply just said, OK, this is so. The, we got a report, an unredacted report. This is so. Uh, Mifs, uh, Joseph Mifsud is a uh, is a Russian spy, even though everything says the opposite. So I think it, it demonstrates that that something that I've said, that Robert Mueller and the Mueller report was effectively the same thing as Chris Steele's garbage document. It was just on the other end of it. It was attempt, an attempt to do the same thing as Steele did to close, kind of close down what, um, what, what they had screwed up. But it wasn't any more reliable than Christopher, Christopher Steele's uh, hunk of garbage.